0: This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. The Book of Second Timothy, please. <coughs> it's the first time I've, I've preached behind this new pulpit. I've stood behind it, but never preached behind it, so it's quite unusual. <coughs> And we want to go to chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let's just pray before we, we enter the word. Father, we just thank you that we're gathered in your house this morning. We thank you for the privilege that you have given us. Lord, we're here this morning to meet with you. But yeah, right. we didn't come here out of duty. We have come to meet with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And Lord, we want to acknowledge you here this morning. We want to acknowledge your Holy Spirit this morning. And Lord, we pray that our hearts and our minds would be turned to hear what the Spirit is saying. Lord, open our hearts. Let us receive from you, Lord God. Lord, this is the part of our worship service where you speak to us. So Lord, we ask that we would hear what you're saying. Give us the grace to hear. Give us the grace to obey. Lord, for the glory and honor of your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Um, 2 Timothy is probably one, if not the last book that Paul wrote, it's, it's very close to the last book he, he wrote. And there's two books to Timothy. And in this second book, Paul shown a more personal side to Timothy. Timothy is a, is a, is a young man who is, is, Paul is very close to. Paul has pay, paid, played a great deal in, of, of support into his life. And in this book he's really encouraging Timothy. It's very personal. He's, he's, he's getting close and he's coming alongside and he's saying, Timothy, I want to encourage you. Because Paul, as we read in chapter 5, is actually coming to the end of his ministry. Actually, in chapter 4, verses um, 6, from 6 onwards, he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. Paul is close to death. Paul is about to be executed. He's in prison in Rome, and he's come to the end of his ministry. And this is where we find what he is doing in 2 Timothy that he is passing on the baton. (laughs) He's passing on the baton. You know, you know the relay race where it's maybe for the four runners are coming round, 100 meters or the 400 meter relay, and they're handing the baton over. It's your turn now. It's time for you to run your race. Paul has said, I have run my race. Now, Timothy, it's time to run your race. And he hands, he's, this is this is the handover of the baton to Timothy. You know I listen a lot to Radio Four. You oh, know Kathy's always saying, "What are you listening to?" I bring the kids in a Sunday and they're thinking, "What is that boring stuff you're listening to?" But I, there's a there's a program called Last Words, and it really is when someone has passed away. Maybe in that this particular week or a, or a particular time. And they'll, come on, they'll, they'll invite guests to come on to talk about their lives. And it's called Last Words. And this, in a way, this book is Paul's last words to Timothy. And Paul wants to pass something on to him of great value. And this is where we come to in chapter 4. We're going to read the first five verses. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. Always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And I think in these five verses here that that sums up the whole message of the book, of the handover of the baton to Timothy. And we want to look just at some of these verses and see what the Lord will say to us. Robert Murray McShame was an old Scottish preacher and he stood in front of his congregation one day And he said to them, there's coming a day when someone else is going to stand in this pulpit. He's talking about himself. But he also looked at his congregation. Like you this morning, there's coming a day when someone else, by the grace of God, if if if, if the Lord doesn't return, that someone else is going to sit in your seat because we're all long gone. What are we going to hand over to the next generation. What are we going to hand over to the generation to come? Is there going to be a foundation of the Word of God, of the Spirit of God, handed over to this next generation? Or is it going to be a a shaky foundation built upon the sand? And we believe that there's a firm foundation to be built into the next generation. But there's a charge to us, a challenge to us to make sure what are we handing over? What is the baton that we're handing over to the next generation? Let's look at some of the words that Paul says to Timothy. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom. I think the first three words are very telling of the message and the baton that Paul is handing over. He says, I charge you, Timothy. This wasn't an encouragement. This wasn't just coming alongside and putting his hand around him. And I'm sure there was an element of that. And the rest of Timothy talks about there's times when Paul encourages him in a fatherly way, as it were, putting his hand around him saying, Timothy, you can do this. But here he comes right to the crux of the matter. He says, Timothy, I charge you. That's a strong word. He doesn't say, I encourage you. He says, I charge you. Timothy, it's time for you to step up to the mark. And quite simply, the challenge to us today we may never stand behind a pulpit and preach the word, but we have a calling from God. And there is a time when we have to step up to the mark. And it says, Paul says to us, I charge you. I charge you to step up to the mark. Let me ask you the simple question this morning. Is it time for you to step up to the mark? Do you hear the charge of the Spirit of God to step up to the mark? Are you trying to avoid it? Are you trying to put it out of your mind? Or are you embracing it? I hope we're embracing it. But he says, I charge you, Timothy. Now, he's charging Timothy because Timothy has a calling upon his life. We read in chapter 1 how Timothy is being encouraged, where Paul recognizes, I thank whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day, as I remember your tears. I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. And listen, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. And then he says in verse 14 of the same chapter, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Timothy has a deposit in his life. Timothy has a a gifting within his life. The Paul saying, I charge you to use it. It's been molded into you through your mother, through your grandmother. I have an influence on you. But ultimately, That deposit came from Almighty God himself. Timothy has a calling upon his life. I'm not going to ask you the question this morning, do you have a calling upon your life? I'm going to say you have a calling upon your life. If you're born again with the Spirit of God this morning, you have a calling upon your life. Fan into flame that sincere faith. Fan into flame the gift of God that is within you. Guard that good deposit. Timothy, you have a calling upon your life, and I charge you. Now is the time to step up to the mark. I charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus. We can see here that Paul is standing, representing God the Father. In Christ Jesus. God is representing, standing in the gap, giving Timothy this charge. But ultimately, Timothy's call came from God himself. Now, if the call comes from God, if your calling is from God, this also tells us that God anoints. If God calls you, he will anoint you. The calling upon your life you are able to do it. You are able to do it. Now there's times like Moses. When Moses was called, we seemed to come to the children of Israel. He hemmed and he had and he looked for excuses. He says, God, I can't speak. I can't do this. I can't do that. And listen, we've all been there, let's be honest. Sometimes the call of God upon our lives can be quite overwhelming. We think, How can I do this? I'm just such and such. I can't speak. I can't do those things. But listen, if God calls us, he will give us the ability to do what he calls us to do. The calling comes with anointing. It's just a matter of time. But as we step up to the mark and we hear that charge from the Spirit of God, we recognize that we are anointed to do it. But also we should look and see who we work for within our calling. In the presence of God <laughs> and of Christ Jesus, he anoints us. We have to keep our eyes upon him. We don't step out and think, I've got this sussed. I can do this. We have to re- rely upon God. <laughs> we have to know that he is our source. Right. We work for him, and he gives us the power to work for him. Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge of the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom. <coughs> and verse two is the key verse in the whole passage here. Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word, Timothy. Preach it. Not preach a word, but preach the word. Preach the message that you have heard from me. Preach the message that has been given to me from God himself. Preach the word. Preach the word. You know, with being at college and stuff, you hear a lot of preaching. I've always listened to a lot of preaching on, on CD or podcasts or whatever. And you're encouraged to listen And to a lot of preaching and read a lot of sermons. And the quality differs greatly depending on who you're reading and what you're reading. And the quality sometimes that you hear, you think that's just not quite right. Where there's no depth in it, and it's not challenging. And sometimes, frankly, we find out it's just not exactly what the Word of God says. encourages Timothy to preach the word be ready in season and out of season when it's convenient and when it's not convenient out of season we're to be proactive looking for opportunities to share the word sometimes you think there's no opportunities sometimes we need to be proactive And find an opportunity. Search the opportunity out. And if our charge is to preach the word, which it is within our, whatever our callings is, it has to be built on the foundation of the word of God. We go look for opportunities and be proactive to preach the word of God. In season, there's going to be times that come into our lives when the doors just seem to open. And God just, as if God just moves. And it's easy. And we find ourselves doing things that we thought, I, I never thought I could ever do anything like this. And we're sharing the word of God. And we're seeing fruit. And we're seeing opportunities just open before us. But we're to preach the word regardless of whether the door's open or the door seems closed. We're to be active, and proactive no matter what the season says, whether it's convenient or whether it's inconvenient. Timothy preached the word in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. If there's one thing that mankind needs, us as believers and the world out there, we need to hear the reproof the rebuke and the exhortation of the word of God. Why? Because it's the only thing that works. This is what Paul is saying. Preach the word because it's the only thing that works. It's the only thing that will break through the hard exterior of the heart and cut right through. This is why the word of God is under such attack within, within the church, there's there's people calling for the word of God to be demoted, to be just part of the service, but not central to the service. Listen, if that happens, let's forget about church, because it is the word of God that is the power of God onto salvation. Why preach the word? Because it works. Because it works. There's people saying words finished. People don't take it in. Because we live in such a modern age where everything's so quick, so fast. You're sitting there today on your phones and on your tablets. And that's saying you're, I believe you have your Bible on it, I hope. But you've, you you know, there's such access to information now. And it's all coming at you quick. It's all coming at you thick and fast. Think of the advertising world. Sometimes it's, The images that are flashed up are so quick, so quick, so quick. And subconsciously we're taking a lot of that in. And there's people are saying, We need to do that within church. We need to cut the word down. People can't sit for thirty minutes and take it in. We need to do it in a different way. But this is not what Paul says. Paul says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season reprove, rebuke, and exhort. The word of God works. The word of God is the only thing that works. You're to do it with complete patience and teaching. In chapters 2 and 3 of, of Second Timothy, Paul goes on to say to Timothy, this is going to be tough. He reminds Timothy of the soldier in chapter 2. Sure in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus, no soldier gets entangled in civil, civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete does not crown unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Timothy, this is going to be tough. This is going to take discipline. This is going to take you to focus. And not everyone's going to like it. But we need to be patient in suffering, patient in teaching. There's times when you've got to speak the word and there's times you've got to re-speak the word and there's times you've got to break through. First time you ever talk to someone... Sometimes God just opens the door, you share the gospel with them and it has an effect upon their hearts. But most of the time, it's a little by little by little by little. And in fact, you get to say, maybe just share a scripture, a thought, your testimony. And then maybe if you get another opportunity, you can build on top, build on top and build on top. But we need to be patient. Sometimes we're trying to force people into a decision for Christ, but let's remember it's the Holy Spirit who puts the word upon the heart. And many a time, we, before we were saved, the Holy Spirit was convicting us in our hearts, but we fought it, and we didn't want to show it. Some of us took a number of years to come to Christ. Some of us were a lot more quicker. But we need to know to share the word and preach the word in patience and true teaching. And true teaching, complete patience in teaching. Let it be that we're teaching the truth of the word of God. Let's tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Paul said to, to uh, I think it was in Corinthians, he says, It is my job to present you as a chaste virgin unto Christ. And that always challenges me when I read that, because Paul was going to tell them what they needed to hear, not what they wanted to hear. He's going to teach the truth, true teaching. Why? Well, the next verse tells us, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. You know as well as I do, that's happening. This time is coming. This time is here. And this time is increasing. But we as the people of God, as the children of God, we have to teach truth, the <laughs> truth of the word of God. This is why Timothy Timothy's being encouraged. Preach the word. <coughs> Out of these five verses, those three words are the key to the whole passage. Preach the word. Sound teaching. It's interesting where it says that they will not endure sound teaching. The word for sound there means Healthy. In the original language in this context, sound, healthy teaching. Could you imagine going to the doctor and you go up and it says, Robert Smith? The word you're looking for, first of all, is Dr. Robert Smith because you want to make sure you're going to see a real doctor, you want to make sure that he has the credentials. Because you're going with him, maybe in your health, that is quite serious. You want to make sure he is qualified to treat your ailment. Could you imagine getting in and the doctor says to you, I want you to take this medicine. Within the week, you'll be perfect. Could you imagine turning around to the doctor and says, Have you anything else? Have you anything else? Somebody said, you know, this stuff might help. Somebody said, this stuff might help. But the doctor said to you, this stuff will work. That's a silly illustration just to highlight. There's many a the time this is the healthy, sound word of God. But there are false teachers out there who are handing out smarties. When you need antibiotics, they're handing out placebos when you need the real thing. Sound, healthy teaching. But I like what he says. I like what this preacher says. I like the way he encourages me. I like the way he puts it. But let me ask you the question is it sound, healthy teaching? Is it the truth of the Word of God? Don't miss what this verse says. They will not endure sound teaching. I don't want that because it doesn't meet my feelings. It doesn't meet my feelings, how I feel right now, and it doesn't meet what I want right now. God knows what we need at any given moment. And he, 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 he speaks to us through his word. And it will help. And it will meet those needs. It will meet us at our deepest need. We need healthy teaching. We need sound teaching. We need the truth of the word of God. They will not endure it. But having it in ears, they will accumulate for themselves Teachers to suit their own passions. Suit their own passions. Listen, we live in the flesh, let's be honest. And we struggle with temptations and desires that we want. But such and such says, I can do that. What does the word of God truly say? Feed their own passions feed their own desires and they'll go looking for preachers and false teachers that will allow them to do it. And they'll turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. What's a myth? That's exactly what it is. It's a myth. It has no foundation. It has no truth in it. It's made up. It's like the false gods, that says in Psalms. They have ears, but they hear not. They have eyes, but they see not. They have mouths, but they speak not. They're silver, they're gold, they're wood. They're dead. And they're wandering off into myths. We don't want to be like that. You don't want to be like that. But Paul brings us back to the truth of the word of God. Timothy. Preach the word. And he finishes in verse 5. And he says, As for you, hear that word today to us. As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. That's the challenge of the word this morning. As for you, you who have a calling upon your life, you who have been called by God, you who have been set aside, you who have been training, God has been training over these years. Maybe you're still in the middle of your training. Maybe you're just embarking on it. Maybe you're coming to the end of it and God's going to bring you into the fullness of what he has for your life. This is who, what you have to be like, sober-minded. Stop getting carried away. Listen, there's no... You, drunk men at times can think they're supermen. They can do whatever they think. They can do this, I can do this, I can do that. And really what it is, it's drink-talking. And if we're going to fill our minds with wrong words... And we're going to fill ourselves with unhealthy words where the word of God has been distorted and twisted. Well then, do you know what? We think we can conquer the world and really what it is, we're drunk on a false word. And the outcome is it will fail and you'll be hurt and you'll be discouraged (coughs) and you'll be let down and there's a danger you say, well, this stuff doesn't work. Listen, the word of God works. It's the only thing that works. Endure suffering. It's not going to be easy. This is a bit nobody likes to hear. Endure suffering. It's going to be tough. Because what God has for us, the whole world hates. The world is against what God wants. That's who you're up against. Not very encouraging, sure it's not. (laughs) But listen, we have the Lord God (laughs) Almighty with us. That's why he charged him in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. That's why the prophet Elisha was able to say there is more with us than there is with them because we have to see through the eyes of the Spirit of God. We have to look at who we work for and how he has anointed us to do the work for him but it's going to be tough. We're swimming against this upstream. We're going against the flow. But he has anointed us to do it. So don't say you can't do it. I don't want suffering, Martin. Well, neither do I. But listen, (coughs) his grace is sufficient. And we can do it. And when you need it, and I need it, his grace will be there. And we will get through. We will get through. Not because of us, but because of Him. Do the work of an evangelist. Timothy had a specific word and a specific work. And he was going to travel through churches and he was going to evangelize. But you have a specific work. Maybe you're there to encourage someone. (coughs) Maybe you will stand up here someday and preach. Maybe it's in music. But fulfill your calling. Do the work of an evangelist. Do the work of a musician. Do the work of a worship leader. Do the work of an encourager. Do the work... God has called you to do. And he finishes with fulfill your ministry. (coughs) Fulfill your ministry. And it's interesting that he puts that at the end of verse 5 because then he says, Because I have fulfilled mine. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. (coughs) I have fought the good fight. (coughs) I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I think it's lovely the way Paul finished to fill your ministry. And then he says, I've set you an example. Who are your spiritual heroes? What do you read what spiritual giants do you read about? Do you read about someone who has achieved something for the kingdom of God? Something of value, something of depth. I've said this before and I encourage you again, read spiritual biographies. Read Christian biographies of some people that you, you look up to who have done something and have achieved something, listen, you will be inspired. I've lost count of the times that I'm reading and think, it encourages me and says, I need to fulfill my ministry. I need to to work harder because if they can do it, I can do it. They've set an example for me. The whole of Hebrews 12 Hebrews 11 and and into 12. It's just an example of people that have done it. The people that God has used, and they fulfilled their ministry. I encourage you to read Christian biography. Robert, our doctor Martin Lloyd Jones, he says next to the Word of God, he says I believe Christian biography will come be so inspiring and so vital. And I agree with that. Because you're reading about people who have been there and done it. And God has blessed them in their ministries. And you read about their ups, their sufferings, their struggles, their temptations. And you read how God brought them through. And you read about their successes. And you read about their ministries. And you read about how they preached the gospel. And people responded. And you're encouraged and you're strengthened. And the Spirit of God touches your heart. And you say to yourself, I can do this. You're encouraging yourself in the Lord. David encouraged himself in the Lord to do what? Sit there. He encouraged himself in the Lord to get up and do something for the Lord. And this is what (laughs) Paul is saying to Timothy. Timothy, I charge you. The time for encouragement has passed. The time for the little hand on the back is passed. Timothy, I've finished my race. I'm going home. I'm going to get the prize that I have worked for, that the Lord has promised to me. Timothy, it's now time for you. Timothy, you need to take the baton. I charge you. This is no more a light thing. This is the start of your ministry. This is the start of what God has called you to. I have, I'm telling you now, Timothy, I've done it. And it can be done through the grace of God, through the Spirit of God. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. Wonderful words. And all the words that we would love, we want to aspire to. I do. I know you do. Fight the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. It is going to be tough. There is going to be hard times. Every one of us in this room at the minute, maybe you're in the middle of something. Maybe you're going through something. Maybe it's coming to an end. Maybe you're you're looking in the face of something about to start out. And it is, it's tough, let's be honest. But let's remember who is our strength. Let's remember who has given us the anointing to do it. Let's look on God and look on to Christ Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I charge you. Let me just apply that to my life this morning and to your life. Do we hear the charge of the Word of God? Have you been shirking your responsibility a little? Have you been putting it to the back of your mind a little and thinking, I've got to get round to that God? But maybe the Lord said to you this morning, no more. You need to hear the charge. Preach the Word. Preach the Word. Preach the true Word preach sound teaching maybe there's some things in your life you need to change, maybe there's some teaching that you're listening to that you need to actually get rid of that it's not really the word of God maybe you need to get back into the word of God and say God would you teach me show me what you want for my life, show me what you have done for me and then help me to share it with others let me challenge you do you hear that charge this morning? The charge of the Word of God. Preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. Rebuke, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. This is what the world needs. It needs the Word of God because it's the only thing that works. For I am not ashamed of, of, of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you that your word works. Lord, when your son prayed in John 17, he said, thy word is truth. So, Lord, we say to you this morning, from Genesis to Revelation, your word is truth. Lord, I pray this morning that you would refresh your word to our hearts and to our minds. Lord, if we have got off track and got led into myths, Lord, we pray that you would draw us back to your word because, Lord, we want to walk in the truth of your word. We want sound teaching, healthy teaching. We want to be healthy believers, healthy followers of Christ. And, Lord, we want to take those words and we want to speak them to this lost and dying world because, Lord, it is the only thing that can bring life to a lost and dying world. Lord, we will exalt your word this morning. We want to be a church of your word that loves your word, that cares about your word, that doesn't relegate your word, but promotes your word, preaches the word. Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory. Pray for your people this morning, Lord, that the challenge of the word would touch our hearts, that your spirit would work in our hearts and our minds. And that, Lord, that we would hear what your spirit is saying. Lord, this morning we say, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. You are worthy to be praised. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for so great salvation. But, Lord, it came about when we heard your word. You spoke your word to our hearts. And we were born again of the spirit of God. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information www.mpc.org.uk.